1: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is what is
0: money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases.
2: Do you believe in crypto? Digital
0: currency may be an answer. So it is the highly speculative disaster. Oh, I do Bitcoin. There is no second past Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, your weekly crypto crash course. Every Wednesday, join us in the dynamic world of cryptocurrency as we cover everything from major news stories to rapid fire news bites. Whether you're starting out or a crypto veteran, we've got your back. Tune in, laugh and learn. It's crypto made easy. Strap in for today's episode as we unpack Tether's record-breaking Q4, dive into the buzz and controversy of the Juniper airdrop and shine a light on the scams that are lurking in the crypto shadows. You won't want to miss this one. My name's Tracy, and I'm joined by Blake and Craig to bring you this week's crypto news. Hello, podcast husbands. How are you?
2: (laughs) Hey, Trace. Doing pretty well. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, how, are you, how are you doing, Craig?
3: Good, mate. Um, NFT mints, airdrops, it's all sounding very familiar <laughs> this week.
0: It is. It is definitely on the rise. And you just mentioned NFT mints. What happened? Let's go back quickly because last week we talked about Quantum Cats and uh, you had a bit of trouble with this mint. Tell us what happened because this has really only come to light. In the last 12 hours.
3: Yeah. So as I shared exclusively on (laughs) Cryptocurious, I (laughs) was in the market to acquire a quantum cat. I got up at 2.30 a.m., 3 a.m. to mint it. Didn't work. And then they posted again for the next night. And I thought, cool. This is me on again. Went to wake up again. Didn't work. Another crash. Or they delayed it or something. They posted Mm -hmm. a third date. And then I checked it before I went to bed, they delayed it again, they delayed it about three or four times and they said, you know what, we're we're cancelling all the mints happening on the 5th of Feb. And I thought to myself, for 0.1 Bitcoin, Mm. I just don't think it's the best use of funds. If it was 0.01 Bitcoin, maybe, but that's expensive. That's like four grand. So I passed on the Mint. Were
0: you put off because of all of these false starts?
3: I put off because of the delays. I was put off because, you know, it's one thing delaying it, but it's another thing delaying it three or four times. For me to spend four grand on a picture of a cat, you know, I want some securities. So <laughs> I passed on the Mint, um, which means it will probably 10x.
0: Well, it's already done incredibly well. Well, it did sell out. Mate,
2: you should have messaged everyone and told us that you weren't <laughs> buying so we could all get in.
3: Yeah, well, it did sell out, which is no surprise. I think that was always the expectation that it would sell out, but it hasn't hit the secondary market yet. So ignorance is bliss. I don't want to talk about it again. If it 10Xs, <laughs> I don't want to know about
2: it. All right, next week we will have some updates on the price movement. Let's of follow the-
0: this intriguing story, ladies and gentlemen. But let's let's kick on to our first story with some big news from Tether in their latest Q4 uh, report. It's not just good news, it's great news. They've confirmed that they're sitting on excess reserves and around 5 billion in total. This is after reporting a 2.9 billion profit for Q4 of last year and this is huge. For us in the crypto space, considering how big Tether is and acts as basically the backbone for all trading operations, Craig?
3: Yeah, Tether has been around for some time now and it's always sort of had a bit of a stigma of being the dodgy crowd, especially a few years ago. But now, especially in the last two or three years, they've like cemented themselves as a proper stayer. And with them, it's all about the confidence of that they're legit because they have enough mm. to essentially, they could crash the market. So, you know, when they release these reports, it really enforces to the market the stability and the reliability of the stablecoin. And as you said, Trace, it is a key piece of the puzzle for the market for sure.
2: Yeah, it's just really probably important to emphasize the transparency. There was not much transparency in the early days of Tether, uh, you know, maybe they had some problems or maybe they um, didn't have assets back to one-to-one, but these guys are uh, making so much money, they've been able to you know, ensure that they're now profitable uh, and they're growing um, quite rapidly and that they can um, you know, be audited. You know, mm. They've got their books in line.
0: Okay. And thinking ahead, what does this mean for the future, this level of transparency and financial health for someone like Tether and being the new standard? Uh, like you said, there wasn't this transparency before. How does this impact the broader crypto community?
3: I think it's huge because I think gone are the days of like maybe this this cycle is the cycle that institutions get involved. And I think these stable are obviously going to want to be the stable coin of choice. And, you know, we've seen circle wanting to IPO so they're going to be in a bit of a battle here to sort of secure that so I think both companies the more transparent they are I think it's just good things for the space to get rid of that stigma of being a bit dodgy so
0: does Tether have a good rap now for
2: sure yeah well I think what's important to note here is that Tether wasn't able to get audited in the earlier Mm -hmm. days because none of the financial institutions were comfortable with taking such a big risk uh, and actually doing the order in case they miss saying, and then who audits them now? Uh, I don't know. I have to okay. look at it, but I have seen audits come out, uh, a snapshot in time type audits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also important to point out that there's apparently um, what I'm hearing is that USDC, which is the mm-hmm. second largest stablecoin, has got a, getting a lot of regulatory slack mm-hmm. in the US, um, particularly with their upcoming IPO, and there could be a lot of pressure from SEC and u- other regulators about, um, you know, the regulatory standing. And as a result, uh, they've been losing market share for the last few years, or at least last year, uh, against Tether. And I think that was kind of a bit of a genius move by Tether going offshore. I think they're Bahamas-based or Cayman-based. And, your know, USDC has gone down the regulatory route and tried to tackle regulation head on. As a result, people less people want to use that coin because they're concerned about, you know, the instability in that landscape in the US.
3: Mm. And Just to answer your question, Trace, they were audited by BDO, which is... Well, there you go. Mm.
0: Reputable. But overall, it is clear that Tether's latest financial report is very good news for Tether holders and a positive step forward for the crypto community. So we'll see how that looks this time next year when they're putting their financial reports out. Let's move on to our next story, folks. This one we wanted to talk about today as it caught the eye of many in the crypto community over the last week. It was a recent Jupiter airdrop on the Solana blockchain. So we can talk a little bit further about uh, the airdrop craze that is sweeping the crypto community after this one. But let's talk a little bit about this Jupiter airdrop first, Craig?
3: Yeah, so Jupiter is a project on the Solana network. It is a DEX. So think of Uniswap, which is a DEX on Ethereum. This is a DEX on Solana. They actually overtook Uniswap with a daily trading <laughs> volume of $480 million. But that's no surprise when there's an airdrop. Like I think everyone is sort of running towards that. But yeah, the token surged 77% following the airdrop. Yeah, this is sort of the start of people calling it the Solana airdrop season. Um, (laughs) Like, do you want to maybe talk about airdrops in particular? Because we do see this every few years, I guess.
2: Yeah, that's right. So uh, airdrops is something unique to crypto. um, And the reason that it's unique to crypto is that everyone's wallet that they have is publicly available. Now, it's pseudo-anonymous, so we don't know who has the wallets, but it means that... Companies that are promoting their products or services can drop, uh, you know, little bits of their native token into everyone's wallet who participates in using their product or participates in a broader network. So it's really a marketing mechanism that is modelled to attract customers to their platform.
0: Mm. And like you said, it's been around for a while. Airdrops started taking place in the last bull run and they're getting really popular again now. I want to talk a bit further about us and what airdrops we have been farming. But before we leave Jupiter really quickly, there was a bit of controversy on this one um, and how it went down. And um, the founder had to jump in and address the backlash, um, and particularly from the Solana community around this one. And the crux of the issue lied in the distribution mechanism and how this impacted the broader ecosystem because when it comes down to these airdrops, it's all about the token economics of the token, I guess. And some of the some of the people were not happy about this. So you're never going to make everyone happy when it comes to these airdrops, I guess. But
3: Yeah, I think I think one of the issues was the airdrop sort of calculation was made of between loyal supporters and people stimulating engagement, which obviously brings up mm. the question of people who might create bots or people who aren't doing the most sincere yep participation but in saying that there's
2: always game there's always gamification with these things exactly
3: in saying that arbitrum particularly was the last big one that i remember there was people that set up a thousand wallets (laughs) to do um one transaction so they would have probably made a bot to do that so i think it doesn't matter what you do there's going to be people who game the system it's just this is crypto like we've got some pretty smart people in the space
0: yeah Yeah. So I wanted to kind of ask you guys because I can't seem to enter any kind of crypto chat or Discord at the moment without people talking about or even get a newsletter at the moment, even the bankless guys. Everyone is airdrop farming, airdrop farming, how to do it, where to do it. Have you guys done any or looked into it or? I don't
2: have the time. I've got a list of things to do. I'm like, where do people, like, (laughs) sometimes using some of these new protocols or these new apps will take you a couple of hours to figure out how to use them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Craig?
3: Yes, I have. Um, I'll talk a few. I've done a few on Solana. I mean, we could talk about the projects. I'll put them in the show notes. But a few ones like Jupiter. There's Zeta, which is a trading platform. There's another one. I think it's called Drift, which is another trading platform. There's also an Ethereum L2 called Scroll, which is...
2: I've heard of that yeah
3: yeah I know Blake's saying he doesn't have time but
0: some of them are very labor intensive
3: I've gotten like three or four airdrops from like spending an hour doing something so I would just if something pops up I would like just block out an hour on a Sunday and just get it done and normally you probably lose a hundred US dollars maybe in gas fees and yep. just not being bothered to move things around. but Some of them
0: don't. Like, some of them don't I happen I actually well. said a while ago I was going to try and do that as well, block out some time on a Sunday because one of the groups that I'm in, there's someone very, very helpful in there, laying it all down step by step. Went on the mantle one, I've tried a few. Some of them are really simple where you just have to jump in. Like you said, there's a few gamification things that you have to do that you're spending basically half an hour and you're done. Others are a lot more in depth. You really have to jump in there, move a few things around, really engage and it is very time-consuming. But this is really an opportunity to spend very little amount of money for some really big gains for people that do have the time. But you got
3: to also remember, it's not guaranteed. This is just, This not. is just us, this is just us yep. like rumoring that th- those tokens will come out. They, they might eventually never 100%. happen. But I agree. I think it's a, I think it's a well worth exercise for sure.
0: Okay. So in summary, you know, it is kind of like hitting the jackpot, and there are. Um, there is money to be made but it's not high stakes because you don't have to put a lot in you just have to sometimes put a bit of time in so people are making big money and small money but it's just your time and effort so but in
3: saying that i will i will talk about the devil's advocate here so as an example with these trading platforms they'll incentivize you to trade and if you're you know the average person Joe Blow like myself and don't know how to trade you end up losing more money trading trying to get points to get the airdrop than you would have if you just didn't do it in the first place so that's also the consideration
0: well don't get suckered in like Craig ladies and gentlemen to something that you don't know how to do (laughs) perhaps Okay, folks, we'll leave it there for airdrop farming and move on to our next story, which is a bit of a scam watch, folks. With crypto hitting the mainstream hard this year, it's more important than ever to be on high alert for scams of all shapes and sizes. It's important to try and stay sharp and spot the scams no matter how crafty they get. We thought it best to have a chat uh, about some safety issues, starting off by reporting on a few issues faced by Trezor, Earlier last week, Blake.
2: Mm, that's right. So the security drama is over at Trezor, which is a um, hardware wallet provider. It looks like a little USB dongle. You can store your crypto on it securely. They've been hit for about 66,000 um, customer details, not private keys, um, but customers like email addresses and uh, and, and the like. So users who have interacted with Trezor's support desk since December, 2021 were affected. Uh, so a third party um, product, uh, you know, their information um, was leaked. Uh, yeah, this is a little bit concerning. We're talking about Ledger, the second largest hardware wallet provider. Um, they've had a few instances of vulnerabilities being exploited. Uh, I don't think there's anything major to worry about here. Trezor is an extremely reputable brand. I've been using them since 2016 and I've never had a problem with them. I've never heard of any issues with the hardware at all, but uh, it is interesting to know. Mm. That's
3: right, Blake. And I think, you know, since the space has matured, we've seen firms like Google and Meta now open their doors to regulated crypto and ETF ads after giving them the cold shoulder. Now, I still see scam ads on Twitter. I'm sure you guys do as well. Um, But Mm, I think mm. these ad policy changes, particularly from the big guys, Google and Meta, to sort of push the average investor towards ETFs, as that is a much more safer and regulated Mm. way to get access. Mm -hmm. Um, So hopefully this sort of weeds out some of the scams that we've seen in the past few years. But I think it's just got to stay vigilant. Just be careful.
0: Yeah. So like you mentioned, then, that is in effect as of last week those changes from google last,
3: last week yeah but even even just on that trace like we know we spoke about in our group chat the other day vitalik's youtube got compromised mm. and he would there was a live no it was michael saylor and there was a live stream of michael saylor talking about mm. something and they had the scam send me a bitcoin i yeah. send you two back down the bottom and this is like looked exactly legit like a guy in our group chat mm. who has his own crypto fund was like what well, like this looks legit and it's crazy. And now with AI, like it's going to get worse and worse.
0: And look, speaking of staying sharp, here's a reminder as well. This is a big fish. Uh, You know, you talk about Michael Saylor, Ripple's co-founder. He also fell victim to a massive hack with over 112 million in XRP swiped from his personal account. Details are a bit scarce at the moment. Obviously it's under investigation, but this also highlights that anyone can get done that I mean, that's just come out this week. He's.
2: I thought I saw some whispers of him trying to say it was the company's uh, Ripple and not his, potentially. So. Oh.
3: I've got a story for you, Tracy, as well. So I have a friend. He is a Twitter crypto influencer. He has about fifty thousand followers, and he shared how he got hacked. So his account got hacked. And it was all about, you know, an airdrop. Click the link and connect your wallet for this airdrop. Mm. And I knew it was a scam and he shared how it happened. So, what happened was an account on Twitter that was like from Coindesk in quotation marks mm. with the blue tick, which you can now buy, said to mm. him, hey, his name's Wolf on Twitter. Hey, Wolf, like I'd love to get your commentary on Coindesk. Book in a time with me and let me know when you're free. So, he clicked, you know, the cal- Calendly links.
0: Calendly, yeah. He clicked the Calendly
3: link. And as he went through some of the prompts, bang, they got him, got into his Twitter. What?
2: So you're saying the link or
3: connected to his wallet? Yes, because I think he, he, he opened the link from his Twitter.
0: That seems pretty. Yeah,
3: and he full, wrote, he full wrote a thread on it about what's happened. We'll put it in the show notes. That is, but, yeah, um, wow. Yeah, Crazy.
0: Okay, um, look, as we wrap up this little scam watch section today, let's not overlook the impact of social influences and seemingly trustworthy figures who are in this crypto space. Because obviously last week, you remember, we shared – information about that church pastor who swindled his congregation. <laughs> well, just this week also, the SEC has charged a crypto trading course instructor with defrauding his students of one point two million dollars. He told them that he was building a fund and apparently he just chucked it all in Bitcoin and lost it all. So <laughs> this highlights the importance of doing your own research, folks, and staying skeptical if something does seem too good to be true so again stay safe out there With that I think we'll head to a break when we come back loads of short sharp, new sites When you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a one-of-a- kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast and into our short, sharp news bites this week. I'll kick off first, boys. This one is big news, which I don't think got as much play as it should have. What about you guys? This is Visa enabling crypto withdrawals to Visa debit cards for 145 countries. That's huge. So you know how hard it is at the moment to get your money out into cash. You can now do that through Metamask. It's huge, so you can get your cash directly out. And um, you K-
2: so you KYC through MetaMask, mm-hmm. uh, you load up your card details, yep. your Visa card details, and yep. then you can. Withdraw to that card. Yes. Wow. That's cool.
0: I know. That's really cool. Yeah. Hundred and then you can go and spend it at something like 130 million places throughout the world.
2: Because there's always an extra step there. If yeah. you're trying to cash out, you have to go through MetaMask or your other yeah. web wallet to then your exchange then to yeah. your so bank. So this
0: just cuts out basically. Wow. Yeah. Two, 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 two jumps yeah, there. Yeah. Exactly. So that's huge. I think that's massive news. Mm. Mm.
2: It's the all these things that are going to contribute to the usability of these networks. Exactly.
3: Yeah. I'll go next, guys. Solana Summer. Oh, just watching Solana do this is just hurting me. I'm on the record saying Solana will be the GOAT this year and it's doing it, but just a bit earlier than I thought.
2: So, Craig's Craig's got his sunscreen on <laughs> and his sunglasses right now, ladies and gents.
3: <laughs> I don't have any Solana. That's why I'm so devastated. Uh, anyway, they saw January all-time high in new addresses on the network. It's going to be because of Jupiter.
0: And NFTs as well. They've had a massive NFT run. Yep
3: nfts obviously dog with hat, which is a solana meme coin has been going off as well so it's hot over there
0: mm, all righty what's up next Coinbase boosts its advisory council with the addition of a former UK finance minister aiming to bridge the gap between traditional finance and crypto. This strategic move underlines Coinbase's commitment to fostering global crypto adoption and regulatory engagement. A fine story. Uh, Good on you, Coinbase.
3: Guys, Germany has seized over 50,000 Bitcoin in a copyright case. Turns out they had they confiscated a piracy site which was launched in 2013 they bought bitcoin with profits and the german government has seized it 2.6 billion thanks for coming
0: that's massive i'm sorry that's huge for their balance sheet that's huge (laughs) it's
3: huge (laughs) they're gonna buy their own bonds with it with the profits
2: all right, next up, FTX is coming to an end. We've been chatting about oh, this Mom, over for, eight, <laughs> for 18 months.
0: I'm sure the people are waiting for their money.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Oh,
3: my gosh. Get, like, I never want to say those words again. I'm done with them.
2: But it looks like um, your creditors are going to be paid back in full, um, $16 billion, which is incredible. How is that even possible? You know, and those... Those <laughs> administrators are charging, I think, one point five mil a day. Can you imagine so, what they would
0: have made in oh, these oh. made
2: ridiculous amounts, and yeah, really incredible to see these people get um, get their cash back. So, I think, is the exchange going to get back up? Relaunch isn't happening. Relaunch isn't happening. No. Wow. Canned it. I wonder why, because they could have um, sold that. I off. I know. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Well, I think Coinbase will be happy about that. <laughs>
0: Okay, and here we go, OPNX, the exchange that was built by the founders of doomed hedge fund Three Arrows is shutting down. The, this one is come about because they have um, been sued. I think they've been sued in Singapore, which means that they can no longer do business. Uh, yeah, the, the three guys and one of them is about to do a stint in prison. So, yeah, it just looks like whatever they're touching is... Um,
2: Didn't they raise like 15 mil USD or 25 mil USD to build the exchange? Uh,
0: I can't confirm, but Mm. yeah, that's it. So it's uh, another one bites the dust there.
3: And just to follow you up, Blake, with FTX, Celsius as well, they've come out of bankruptcy and they plan to distribute $3 billion to their creditors and that's been approved by 98% of their shareholders, account holders, I should say. We'll see how that goes. PayPal and Coinbase will assist with the distribution mm. of assets to the creditors. Yep. So all these big players, the stories are closing. What are we going to talk about, guys?
0: Look, well, I feel bad that we're sitting here going, "Oh, I'm sick of talking about Celsius and FTX." But the good news is, is that people are getting their cash back uh, and their funds. So that's that's that is good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
2: So BRC20 and Binance, for those that don't know what BRC20 is, it's a standard on the Bitcoin network, similar to the ERC20 on the Ethereum network that allows people to mint tokens for all sorts of purposes. So Binance has jumped on the Bitcoin inscriptions game, launching an in-app marketplace for BRC20 tokens, so essentially a a Bitcoin exchange uh, for um, Bitcoin-based tokens. Yeah. So looking forward to seeing Binance adopt this and everyone else adopt it. I think this is going to be a massive growth area in 2024, 2025, as that ecosystem builds uh, in the same way that the Ethereum ecosystem built in 2021.
0: And I think we'll leave it there for this week, folks. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Anything else you boys want to add?
3: Buy the dip, sell the rip. (laughs)
0: All right. Thanks for diving into the crypto world with us today. If you've enjoyed the journey, bring a friend along next episode. We're all part of this evolving crypto narrative together. Keep exploring and let's meet again next week for more crypto clarity. Until then, stay curious, stay connected. You can do this by joining the Crypto Curious Facebook group, our Instagram page, and be sure to hit the subscribe button where you're listening to the podcast now. If you're looking to DCA into the crypto market, uh, plan to use the Bamboo app. Don't forget to use the crypto curious code which is curious for ten dollars of free bitcoin to get you started link is in the show notes below and we'll see you next week bye for now
3: see you guys see you guys